Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. Hello, Attactioners. I'm host, Jessen. And hello, Attackshoners. <laughs> I'm 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 host Colin. <laughs> okay, you're just gonna offend everybody because they're the attactioners, not attactioners. Okay, They'll be fine. All right. Well, at Isaac on whatever platform, <laughs> you know, I'll give them an attaction beer to make up for it. Nice, nice. Totally. Oh, sorry. What's up, you guys? How are you doing? It's good to see you guys. <laughs> it's it's good doing to great. See. It's great to see you guys always. Nice. Well, well that's this, it. That's our show. <laughs> for this episode of the Attack Action Podcast, we brought back a repeat guest from SoCal, the uh, founder, CEO, majority shareholder, uh, president, and vice president of Arcane Games and Events. Justin Lawag is his name. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, I got lost on my tangent. <laughs> He's also the technical director, uh, the you know seed funder, <laughs> and uh, snack provider. You know, he Executive does it all. Producer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he writes the script too that makes sure that Craig Pollock wins most of the events. So mm-hmm. it is it is scripted. Yeah, so he writes like, out yeah. all the words I say. It makes my life easier. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of them. All yeah, of them. he was really nice in our interview, but geez, is he a control freak, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like he has a also, vision. <laughs> also Shout out to Blake, who we uh, took several digs at because he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> as soon as you start listening to our podcast, we'll stop digging at you. But uh, anyway, off chance, this is the one. What's up, Blake? <laughs> yeah, some would say this is kind of uh, uh, a Blake podcast, really, how much he gets mentioned on here. And people are like, who's, who's Blake Meyer? Well, he has some pretty good choice comments on Twitter. And he is uh, one of the commentators that hangs out with Colin when the AGE Open happens. So, yeah, what are you living under a rock? It's Blake Meyer. (laughs) It's Blake Meyer, barraging Blake. He's got opinions and he is not afraid to shout them at you (laughs) and dance moves. But this isn't about Blake. See, this is the thing (laughs) it's about Justin and other things. News, gentlemen, in the flesh and blood world, Michael Hamilton is just on the greatest run known to man. I was thinking, so he wins the freaking indie calling hat trick. Let's go, baby. Uh, And I was thinking like, man, how long is this going to go on? Like, who is, who's the person who's going to like, where's the rivalry coming from? is my question. Yeah. Like it, it's unbelievable how many times <laughs> he's won things. And yeah, I, that's a good point, Taylor. Cause I hadn't even really considered that. Like, is he just going to keep winning things for like another year? You know, like it seems preposterous, but it, you know, it has been improbable. So it could just keep happening. 
Yeah. Like I'm just I'm going to give him so many high fives when I see him if I see him again. That's incredible. Three callings, <laughs> national champion and world champion in like how many months? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally in 6 months. <laughs> oh no. Well, not going to call it off there, but anyway. Crazy. It's uh I'm just going to say yeah, he was just going to keep going and probably win nationals next year at least maybe worlds i don't know it's like just watching him play you know even when he loses a match in swiss he'll like repeat that match in top eight and totally switch up his play uh, against them and and find the win and you're just like that's why he's just better i would just be like oh man i gotta play this guy again i'm totally just gonna lose and uh i don't know what to do and he's just like cool calculated and and finds the way yeah great job totally and our uh streak of having guests on the podcast and then them winning the next event they're in continues so if you're looking to win your event we may or may not have you on depending on how cool you are or how we're feeling that day so get at us <laughs> this this is a weird pitch <laughs> it was i didn't know how to segue it better into you know shout outs <laughs> <laughs> well i Who's think got a shout out the the last little bit of news i believe is that the bands basically did nothing and icelander and old him ran rampant in the calling indie so just yeah, a little note I, there. I disagree. I think that the bands probably did have an impact, but since the event was so close to the event and the heroes are not nerfed, they're just, um, you know, slightly brought down a, a slight little bit. Uh, people just played what is powerful and what they know is, uh, you know, what I think. I think that, um, it'll be easier to compete with those heroes as people, you know, try to broaden their, I don't know, their testing. Like, uh, like Tall Briar, you know, Tall Briar made a showing. Who knows How what else is, is out she? there? <laughs> She's pretty tall. <laughs> She's pretty tall. Yeah. You know, it, it, the bands did have an effect on the emotional state of every five player out there. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Next. (laughs) Just kidding. Five players, but (laughs) it's fine. Belittle is fucked. Yeah. I, I agree with both of you on both of those points. Um, You know, we'll see how things continue to evolve we have some more callings coming up and uh we'll see what happens as we take the march towards outsiders with the complete redominance of azalea coming in the near future so i'm excited for that <laughs> redominance huh like back in the day when she was the terror of the town yeah in the meta that really kind of never was because it was the pandemic. Just a lot of people don't know that. They weren't at our kitchen table, Isaac. So <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, <clears throat> the meta that was inside your house uh, <laughs> yeah. in 2020. 
Yeah, after 12 beers and 2 a.m. Impossible. And you have you have to be on Viscera. Yeah, deck's broken. Yeah. <laughs> with, with no... What? <laughs> no, none of the tools that make him good now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, shout outs. You guys have shout, shout out. outs. Yeah, go for it. I would like to shout out uh, Mr. Sam O'Byrne, uh, who is one of our commentators for AGE uh, and local player. Great guy. Great player, great commentator, was out at the Indie Calling, uh, commentating with Ethnic Smoke, um, and did a great job. I'd also like to shout out his new channel, uh, Three Floating, with his two like best friends, um, Jacob and Aiden, also local players. Just like a great group of friends, um, have been a really you know positive uh, influx of new energy in our uh, local local scene and uh, they just put out their first like official video uh, gameplay video which was a lot of fun and well done so i'm excited to see more content from them go check them out they are called three floating um because there's three of them and it's cute (laughs) nice yeah sam did a great job uh commentating i will second that shout out Taylor will not third it though. No, <laughs> Taylor's sneezing. busy sneezing in the background, <laughs> not uh, awkwardly refusing to uh, back us on this. <laughs> Sam is great. <laughs> He's wonderful. And I'm super ha- happy for him and his two other friends. But guess what, <laughs> Sam? I got my own two other friends right here. And we're pretty cool too. So. Just uh, respectize. That's all I'm saying. He did. He did tell me that it was like we were the one of the first podcasts he ever listened to about Flesh and Blood, and is a big fan. So you know, cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm glad sorry, you totally. him on Sorry, the show. sorry, Taylor's making it a competitive <laughs> weird thing again. No way. I met Sam at Worlds, and he was awesome. Yeah, he told me the oh, same nice. stuff. Nice. I would consider Sam a friend, and a me. <laughs> if I didn't consider him my enemy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Any other shout outs? Yes. Uh, shout out to my basketball team. Woo. Uh, we're in the playoffs now. So we last week made it to the semifinals of the county tournament, losing, unfortunately, to the eventual champion, uh, which was still pretty incredible for them. Um, they had not won the county tournament since 1997. So uh, they were on an incredible run and had a crazy overtime game in the championship game. Uh, but now we're in the playoffs and uh, we just got the bracket today. We're the number three seed. So uh, we'll get a couple of home games and uh it's it's pretty good i was kind of hoping for number one or number two but uh, we got the three which is all right um you know we'll make do with that and hopefully next time i'm on the podcast we're section champions so shout out to my team they're just they're just such a great group of young men and i have at this point in the season historically i'm usually pretty burnt out and like 
just trying to hang on to keep winning and stuff. But I have so much fun with these dudes and uh, look forward to seeing them on Monday and uh, getting to do some coaching. Although the other day they did piss me off a ton and I, I just like, <laughs> I got so frustrated. I just turned around and kicked the bleachers, like, like thrust kick, like, you know, this is Sparta kick. <laughs> it just kind of walked around staring at them and then, then they shaped up, but <laughs> I feel like every podcast we get a story like that. <laughs> I I also yeah. think it's funny to share it, so that's why. You know? That's how teenagers are, though. They are talking to you like an adult, you know, a reasonable person, and then they're like a child the next, you know, yeah, every once in a while. But um, do you know who your opponent is and how? Yeah, good they are? we we play someone who we've already previously beat. So a bit of a mind game there for us, um, but you know it's it's winner go home. So we're taking nobody, we're taking no chances. We're gonna go out there and give them their best shot, you know. So nice, but they're. I mean, I don't think anybody's ready to play at our place. Like we have cultivated a ravenous fan base this season, and. Uh, our even our away game for the semifinals of the county tournament felt like a home game like we had a ton of people travel which is maybe one of the big wins of the season so on wednesday night at 7 p.m at uh clint baybridge court it's going to be insane so hell yeah and since you guys (laughs) i like how you showed the look like everybody come out you know yeah (laughs) he told you the time and the location let's go (laughs) let's go (laughs) I was going to say, since you're the higher seed, you get to pick who, who goes first, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. And we'll be on the play. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now give me the ball. <laughs> and now we start. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Um, I wish I could make it. Maybe, maybe. No, I won't be able to make it. But one day <clears throat> I'll be out there for a game. Love it. Uh, I had a last... Shout out, uh, just didn't know about this Twitter account, but it's really cool. It's called Fab Software News, and they just tweet about, like, fab tech stuff that, like, the community has been working on, and uh, someone shared this with me, a, a GitHub repo for a card pop system where it just brings up a little, like, you know, it's this little program you run and you type in the card name and then it brings up the card. It fades in the card into a uh, little window and then you can easily drop, you know, screen capture that into OBS or whatever software you're using for, for your content and uh, <clears throat> works really well. And I was really stoked. And like, uh, I guess the developer was uh, Gabriel Bruno. So shout out to him and Fab Software News because that was like a super cool thing. And they're just kind of keeping their eye on all the different, um, you know, software stuff that's going on around the community, which is a, a lot given how, you know, small the community is still. There's so many different like cool little projects that people have been working on. So uh, shout out to those folks over there. Cool. That's a great shout out. Cause that's like, that's the assist, right? Like, uh, kind of a thankless job or what, you know what I mean? Like helping out all the producers, making life easier totally. for all of them, but you don't see it, uh, 
you know, if we're using their popper in our YouTube channel, you know, they won't, they won't be seen, but, um, you yeah. guys both had great shout outs. Taylor's giving me shit. <laughs> Taylor, your shout out was also real great. Great shout outs all around. My shout Woo! out was great too. <laughs> I had two, so it does equal more better than your one. So I remember to compliment everyone every time. <laughs> nah. I was I was stoked about this one because I had built our own like fairly convoluted card popper that required a piece of software that I use for work um, and then stopped working when OBS updated for some reason. So it was just oh, no. like, well, this kind of sucks. So that's why we haven't had card pops lately. Um, but uh, this is just like, it's written in Python. It's an open source thing on GitHub. I'm just like, hell yeah, I'm going to contribute to this when I can. If I have any, uh, you know, uh, updates or features I want to add, I'm totally going to put in a pull request and and contribute over there because it's just, you know, a very useful thing that uh, I didn't feel like building myself again. So, yeah, very nice. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I think we'll get into our main topic here where we are going to just get a hang out with our good friend, Justin. Um, he's, like Isaac said, the creator of arcane games and events and uh he's currently starting his own uh homegrown series of events where you get to earn points and then be on the leaderboard and get to the final championship match at the end of the season invite only uh it's it's just really cool to see that sort of thing pop up here in the fab community that's like um you know, grassroots just made from a, a passion project and got cool people on board like Colin and Sam. Um, and you know, it's awesome. I, I'm really excited, uh, for y'all to learn more about it and to hang out with Justin some more. And if you see him around buy that dude a beer, or I, I think actually Justin likes scotch maybe. Um, so buy him some of that cause he's just a great, person of our community and you know i can't say enough good things about that man so if he keeps beating me at our weekly armory on dromai i will have fewer nice things to say about it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think the there's been a number of these 1k events and i don't know if there's been any other series of 1k events but they, they've been popping up in it. I think it's really like heartening to see this kind of like flesh and blood community ecosystem um, growing, um, especially since there are a few less callings this year. I know there's still a lot of battle hardens and stuff, but to just to have this like uh, community growth and uh, event system for like local to, you know, regional, um, you know, players and events uh, is just, it's really, it's really cool to see. And it, you know, it's people like Justin who are making it happen. So all of us can just have a great time and do what we love. Hell yeah. So without any further ado, here's our interview with Justin. See you on the next episode. All right, here we are. With our homie Justin, the CEO, founder of Arcane Games and Events. What's up, Justin? Hey there. How's it going? 
Just take oh, a great. drink of coffee. So I'm ready. I'm ready now. Yeah, you also have this very flattering camera angle. The folks at home can't see it, but it's from from up high, and you have this nice soft light on your face, and uh, you know, I'm falling in love. Maybe. Yeah, we take calls for arcane stuff, and Justin always comes in with the podcast <laughs> mic and the soft lighting with like the high camera angle. And it's just like, oh hey, <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice then, meeting. My favorite is Blake records through a potato, and it's just like <laughs> it's the entire purpose of everything. <laughs> so we. The medium average quality of a call we have at AGE is pretty mid now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just tanked by some outliers. <laughs> not naming names. We're not going to name any names here. <laughs> it's fine. Blake doesn't listen. We know that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We have taken shots at Blake before, right after he said, no, I don't listen to your podcast. <laughs> so. Yeah. so that's actually 20 minutes of the podcast that I'm ready to talk about is just Blake not listening. So we're going to air out some stuff today. um it's uh it's been a while since justin we saw you at worlds and it was great Mm -hmm. hanging out and uh you know having a good old time there but a lot has uh developed for you and your company and the socal scene since then so congratulations i'm glad to glad to hear glad to see things are moving along yeah at Worlds, I was like a Isaac beat writer. I was just following around, seeing how you're doing round by round. And then now the AG happens, you know, out of that. So, you know, I'm getting a promotion now. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a, a while since Worlds, and we started our tournament series. It's up and running, so we have the first one in the books, and then eight more to go. So wow. There's a lot happening, and ours is just coming up again. So we're ramping back up. <clears throat> we're having all the commentators get ready and prep, and uh, our tournament space, and getting all of our social media ready and player interviews done. So we're kind of ramping back up into it. Matt, so you guys had a a huge number of viewers for your last tournament, so I think everybody knows. But will you just outline what tournament series you're talking about for anybody who doesn't know, and exactly what the you know prizes and specifics are, format, all that. Yeah, so it's uh, called the Arcane Games Open Series, and it's eight events with a 10k prize pool. And we're gonna have we're gonna have events uh, once a month in Southern California, um, and they're gonna be a thousand dollars. And then at the end of the year, it's gonna be a Players Championship for 3k, and that's an invite only tournament. So the top 16 players from the the circuit are gonna get invited, and then have a nice weekend of it. And yeah, so we just started rolling in January. We had our first event, which was run by the Scourge again. <laughs> Just rescourging everything. Shout out to Craig. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh I hear he won because he actually wore pants and shoes this time. He yeah, he took it very bit... seriously this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was a little scary actually. It was very intimidating. And he met business that day. <laughs> he was swinging that winner's well with force and then it got banned. So, you know. Yeah, some say it, he was the reason that it was banned yeah. because it was just. They saw much. that, pulled a lever at LSS, and then red lights started going off. And, you know, <laughs> he wore pants and brought a winner's will. So, Craig, Craig's got pants. <laughs> 10 4, Craig's got pants. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the jet tracker, you know, but for, you know, pants. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
So I, I think too, just in case, you know, it's not clear that each event gets, you get a points for your, uh, how well you do in the event. And so then we have like a, a standings and like a ranking for everyone that's participated. Um, I think, is it 16 points for the winner? Um, it's like 30 points, but it goes down points. to top 16. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then you get a point for participating. So it incentivizes players to really go consistently to events, try to place really high, and then be active on the circuit to qualify. So it's not like if you just win one event, you're automatically qualified. You, it's pretty likely, but you know, I think a lot of people are going to take it seriously and are signing up and being regulars now. So Sweet. it's all about consistency with the, the circuit on that regard. So are you also hosting these at different sites in SoCal, or is it at the same uh, place over and over? So right now we're doing the first three at Odyssey Games. And right now we're looking at other venues to kind of move around and maybe find an eventual home. And so right now it's primarily just going to be in Los Angeles. And, you know, if you play around here, you'll You'll definitely recognize some of the stores that we're going to start signing up with and and partnering with. But for right now, it's just going to be at Odyssey for the first three. So January, February, and March. Gotcha. I got to say, I'm a little bit jealous because like the NorCal community is great, but it's kind of split between the Bay Area and Sacramento. And it's like a bit all over the place. And we don't have our own private tournament circuit especially this year when there's like many less callings and many, you know, only one pro quest season. Um, people that don't travel a ton have a f- few less uh, events to play in. So these places like, you know, like I think min max games has one, there's one coming up in Texas and the SoCal scene are all these like, you know, meccas where I think the rest of us are like, man, I wish I lived in one of those places and could, uh, you know, just, just drive, you know, 20 minutes for the weekend and play in a awesome tournament or an hour. I would take an hour. Totally. Yeah. Well, time is different for us. Yeah. I'd, I'd take <laughs> three and a half hours. <laughs> it's relative, you know, it yeah. is. And then there's like an LA hour, which is like six hours. You know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> an LA mile is an hour. So, you know, this is yeah. how things scale. You can see uh, where you're going, but it's going to take forever to get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then there's like no you, parking when you get there. You actually deliberate on if you walked, if it would be quicker. Yeah. Yeah. But I you just, know, you're, sometimes you're not leave gonna. my car on the freeway and just get out and just start walking. Yeah. <laughs> Too hot to walk. Later. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. For <laughs> us, uh, an hour is uh, in any direction in the middle of nowhere. So, or the ocean, depending on where you live you know and it's actual mileage so if we're traveling for an hour we're we're literally going 65 miles we're 75 let's go let's go (laughs) nice way to (laughs) way to break out the whiteboard for him taylor (laughs) outlining all that well i'm in coach mode you know miles per hour it's suspicious (laughs) yeah to the west is the ocean so if you go that way water (laughs) <laughs> yeah totally be careful uh i had a question i'm just curious because i know <laughs> in other uh games it seems like uh you know these kind of homegrown tournaments are more of a standard thing and i think in fab we've had like you know the one-offs 
Um, but I was just curious, Justin, kind of in your mind, what was what's the value of like a, a tournament like this, and like what uh, kind of even further than that, like what's what's the specific choice of like doing the series that leads up to like this kind of uh, uh, you know bigger tournament at the end. Yeah, so I think for me the inspiration was really from when I played Magic, and there was two circuits really. There was the main official circuit, and then there was one with Star City Games. And they ran these events every week. And it was like a nice middle ground between like taking that huge jump where you go from trying to qualify the Pro Tour and then you go to the Pro Tour. For the East Coast, it was primarily based there. It was like a way for players to make that jump to play and then, you know, prove that they can actually go for it or even just live on that circuit. And so they had a lot of people who were just grinders of that circuit and then eventually made it to the Pro Tour or just, you know, stayed within the Star City Game circuit. And it built up a lot of like hometown heroes and people who... I followed a lot, you know, was personally interested and invested in, and it allowed people to turn their hobby into something that they could feel confident in playing every weekend and going around because it was like, you know, local to the East Coast where they could drive a couple hours and kind of hit all the big circuits that they ran every week. And for me, I wanted to bring like something like that to the West Coast in like a smaller capacity right now, but eventually trying to match the same thing. Because I feel like that jump between right now and flesh and blood from the pro tour to even i mean from the local scene to the pro tour is really high Mm -hmm. it's a lot of commitment and i think in building age i wanted to focus on growing organized play and so this is like our first step into it because when i think about growing organized play there's two parts to it which is you present a summit that you know people can climb and then you give them a view people trying to climb it And I think when you start matching those two, it's like that's really important to flesh and blood and to organize play in general because that's why I love like the old Magic the Gathering Pro Tour is I would watch people go and play. I had really no interest in going to Pro Tours, but I just loved watching it, watching the players. And I would take their decks and bring it home and, you know, bring it to my weekly events. So that's kind of the inspiration for me to run this circuit is just to bring that feeling back to me of like I miss that feeling from other card games and using that as like a stepping stone for other players and to build their own brands and to build their own, you know, profiles. And so that was kind of a lot, but that was, you know, my inspiration for, for starting the circuit. Yeah. I think there's a, this is a really good time for that now also, because, you know, I think a lot of the flesh and blood community really enjoys watching these events and they're kind of few and far between. And since you guys uh, put on, you know, a good, like YouTube production as well as, you know, the event for the locals. Um, You know, I think, like I said, we saw your last event had, you know, really high viewership. So I think the, the need is definitely out there. And just speaking for myself, like I definitely, I definitely hear you. Like I have fun watching your events uh, repeatedly and like recognizing faces um, Mm -hmm. in them and like people have their favorite heroes and all of that. So, um, Yeah, I don't know. In this game, it just seems there's like not there's some content creators who do it for sure, not to uh, overlook them. But there's like a a lack of, you know, competitive gameplay content and a lack of, you know, tournaments streamed regularly. So filling filling that niche right now, I think that there's a, you know, definitely a need for it. Yeah, and I think like the focus we put on like with or the focus we put on with like the production side is treating it like a show 
and not just like a byproduct of the tournament. Hmm. Like, oh, we happen to just put a camera here. It's like we put concerted effort to be like, we have segments, we have a natural rotation of casters. How are we going to present these matches? Why should people care? Why should people care about this player? And like build that up. And that's really important to us as like on the broadcasting side because it's, I think, easy to run a tournament in the regard of like you can put it up and have people show up, pay, you know, compete and all that stuff. But to to make people care about is the hard part. And that's the part mm-hmm. we try to focus on a lot of just like, why should you care about the players? Why should you care about this player playing this deck? Why does this tournament matter? And so trying to put concerted effort towards making that, you know, better and better every time we broadcast is like the really important part to us. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, a couple of things you touched on there, you know, I, it's a, a way different uh, perspective than certain other tournaments because you yourself are not the owner of the game store. You know, you're just a person who wants to put on a tournament so you can come at it from that perspective where it's, it's about uh, player empowerment. And even though you have rad prizes and stuff, that's not the draw, right? The draw is in line with some of flesh and blood's like core uh, values, which is being a more player centric game and making sure players are thought of first rather than, I mean, obviously everybody has to make money in this, but, um, you know, that part is like less blatantly obvious in that we are trying to, or excuse me, not we, you are trying to (laughs) highlight the, the players in those stories. And that, you know, when you think about, uh, other spectator events like sports and stuff, that's some of the biggest through lines is the team, the people, the individuals on that team that you root for, you know? So, um, I think that's a great way to get more people invested. And I do appreciate the added production value to the stream with segments and player interviews and mugshots and stuff. It, um, you know, is makes it a lot more fun to view rather than like, Oh, the match is on. I'll watch that. Now the match is off. I'll turn this off and try to catch the next one, you know? So kudos. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, I think running this, it's like, we're trying to, we always talk about this of like, instead of running a tournament, we're trying to build an ecosystem of the small stuff that are really actually important to players that just nobody really cares about a lot of times with things like making tickets easy to buy, finding details about the tournament and making that easy to find. Or do I look up like schedules and pricing and what's the daily you know, start time and who do we give our deck list to and do we need deck list and what's the format? And like all those things are really hard to communicate to players until they actually want it, which is very last minute. So being upfront and like doing all of that right for every event is the hard part because <laughs> it's surprisingly hard for a lot of uh, tournaments to get right. That is awesome. No, yeah, because I've been at tournaments where you're like scouring the internet, looking at different like like digital flyers trying to find the information like when does top eight start on sunday it's literally nowhere on like the fab website or the channel fireball web you know what i mean like 
things that you think would be just um, essential information are like non-existent. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't really know why it's that way, but I'm glad somebody's doing it right out there. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the most important thing for me is telling players where to park. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't know why that's so hard and like, you know, not like it's the first thing I always think about is just like, where are we going to park of our players? How are they not going to get tickets? Why are their cars not going to get towed? Like, you know, all that stuff. And mm -hmm. it's like caring about that small part is something I think you only really get from being a player going to events where those weren't up front. Of totally. like you go into the middle of nowhere and then there's like four parking spots in this like little tiny store. And then you're like, all right, let's just roll dice today and see if, you know, I'm parking the right spot or if this is the right place or what time does this start? So it's, I think that comes from just being a player because mm -hmm. we've all lived through those like tournament stuff. And so that's why I just care a lot about it. Almost to like the detriment of people making fun of me behind the scenes of just like, <laughs> all right, I'll post the parking Twitter post of like where to park at this store. Like I get it. <laughs> no, it's awesome. You give a shit and it like really shows, you know, it's like night and day. So keep it up. Uh, I have a question for you, Justin. So, mm -hmm. um, so you kind of mentioned this at the top of the show. So like what, is your kind of day-to-day -day in between events like i assume you have like a a, a post-event meeting like what worked well what didn't work well um mm -hmm. but then are you like getting on calls with colin and blake every day and you're just like watching the film back and you're like see right here this anecdote it's shit it's total shit you need to do better you know I feel like the basketball coach is coming out now <laughs> I just take him into a room and I break clipboards and start drawing X's and them. And they're like, I don't know what this means. We don't play sport. <laughs> and just throw a chair across the room yeah. and unacceptable. So, yeah. so yeah, I what's your day to day? Like remembering the Titans and just start throwing stuff. And, Strong side. Um, so Left side. Stuff, anyway, sorry. Um, it ramps up towards an event and then ramps down, obviously, after an event. Sure. But leading up, it's like coming up with segments and talking about the improvements that we're making to the stream and what can we do better and so from the last stream one of the things that we're working on is audio it's you know it's pretty hard to get audio right and it's the first thing you notice and we got a lot of feedback from that so i've been you know working with different equipment and testing out different things and and then eventually we're going to have like a, a dry run and bring all the casters in and you know see how everyone feels about it adjust stuff and so every event is a little bit different we try to like work on stuff and make it better after every event and there's just something we're always looking at. And so the the main thing that we're trying to solve right now is like audio and also segments and filling the time between rounds because that's really tough. Because you don't know when rounds are going to end and they end too quick or too, you know, they take too long and you kind of have this, you know, mishmash of different breaks and segments that you're trying to get in the, the same time. So a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff is kind of just thinking about that, working on graphics, plotting things out, talking with other people who are doing broadcasting, and then just getting feedback from other events too and just watching other events. Like I think that's a big one too of just being honest about what did I like about the other stream, what didn't I like, and then taking that in. And mm -hmm. so this is kind of like my role on a day-to-day -day basis is just kind of making sure we're moving in the right direction and then taking that feedback in. Sweet. So yeah. 
uh, just to follow up on that, excuse me. Uh, so then to, yeah, to follow up on that. So like we were with you for the battle hardened LA, which was awesome. Um, and you did a, a two for that weekend where you did a battle hardened and then, uh, a pro quest or a road to Nats. I think it was a it was pro a quest. RTN. Yeah. Okay. It was a RTN. Wonderful. So, um, from that experience, what did you learn and what have you changed and like, how has that shaped the, the arcane games and events open series that you're running now? Yeah, I think it shaped a lot because it gave me a a perspective on how to scale up a tournament. Cause these Mm -hmm. are actually the tournaments we're running now are smaller than battle hardens, but it's giving us a goal towards to work back towards and I mm-hmm. think the things that I took away from the, the event were something that the viewer or even the participants don't really recognize or see. And a lot of that is like how to manage um, like um, the broadcast behind the scenes, how to manage staff, how to manage, you know, it's the, the, the running of a tournament. Because mm-hmm. I mentioned it's like, I said it's like, it's easy to run a tournament. It's, it's really not. There's a lot of moving pieces to it, but that's like the baseline. Mm-hmm. And getting that right is something I'm just like thinking about a lot. And I made a lot of mistakes during that weekend too um, and leading up to it. And so taking those in and just making sure things like that don't happen again are really, really important. And not just to say like, we did a great job. We made it out of the weekend and nothing burned out and we're great. And so being like deliberate about that, um, other than someone pulling a fire alarm, you know, someone actually tried to burn <laughs> it down, but um which was not on my list going into yeah. the weekend, I'll be honest, <laughs> of how to prepare for that. But I think from the learnings that I took away from Battleheart in LA to now the AG open circuit, it's it's different. But I think in terms of like how I want to aim the, the circuit, because we do want to grow it. We want to expand it out and eventually grow it outside of SoCal. And what that looks like is like, how do you create a template to export that to other areas? Because we've gotten a lot of interest from different communities of like, can we run this circuit like out by us that feeds into other things? And that's kind of like the bigger goal going in is like, how do we run these bigger events, spread it out and make sure we maintain the quality and, you know, the player experience also. So going from that, it's, you know, a lot of lessons learned and a lot of tough ones too. Yes. NorCal circuit. (laughs) It's coming. I uh, I like that answer because that's a really. I mean, that's just good. I don't know. It's like a good life strategy, I guess. Because even you know, even just podcasting or like any topic at all, it's easy to just be like, "Oh, I did a great job. This went smoothly," um, and kind of insulate yourself and dismiss like critiques or like constructive criticism from you know like other people or like looking at your your production analytically, but it's like really important to weigh all that and like actively, you know, make an effort to grow instead of just being like, well, this worked well, or like it, it, we did it. So it was great. So we'll just do that again, you know, and kind of like stagnate like that. So I like that very proactive um, approach you take. And it shows, you know, like as arcane games and events keeps growing, um, you know, it'll continue to show. I am great. Thank you for saying that, Isaac. I appreciate that. 
I mean, that's kind of the roundabout way that I was trying to do it. I'm thinking <laughs> you just got there and just hammered it in. So <laughs> subtleties, you know, one of also your biggest strong suits going. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you. This is great. Thank you for, for, for being here. Guys. Uh, no, it's it's really funny to me, you know, just thinking about, you know, it is it's easy to put on a tournament. You just say we're having a tournament and then you just, you know, have rounds and like, you know, like to do like, you know, the bottom line of like what a tournament is, is like very simple. But um, it's all those details, you know, putting on an event is not easy you know Mm. getting people to show up and be excited and have a good time and you know pay money and leave feeling good about the experience they had like that takes a lot of effort from you know a lot of people and i think um you know as someone who's done my fair share of uh, events that i've helped plan um and then you know even just doing like production work professionally like it, it that's just where everything lives is in those details making sure that oh i can just go to the website and get all the information i need oh i need to do this oh i didn't get my ticket yet oh i can just get it here great like you know it's just those things that incrementally improve the life and just experience of uh, the people participating, uh, just, you know, it's like when it's good, it's just like, oh yeah, that's nice. You know, it's like you, you sometimes don't even notice how nice and easy it was until you stop to think about it. And then it's like, if it's bad, you're just like, oh my God, why doesn't anybody just tell me when this thing starts and where I have to be? And like, oh yeah, is there parking? Oh no, I'm going to have to park like 10 minutes away. So now I'm going to be late, you know, till some you know important thing. So it's, it, it is, you know, a testament to you as a person and your approach to this, uh, how much you, you put into the thought and like, you know, care behind it. And, you know, being a part of it is just like, you know, uh, the talent as I like to refer to myself, uh, on, on show days. Cause that makes me laugh. Uh, uh. I mean, it's weird <laughs> that every time you request a trailer and I'm like, I don't even know where we're going to park it, but you're Look. like, I'm not showing up until the trailer's there. <laughs> just let me into that U-Haul that's always parked behind Odyssey. I don't know what it's there for, but just let me hang out. It. <laughs> like, I don't need a lot of space. I just want to be separate. <laughs> I just don't want to be next to other people. Yeah. I mean, you with know. Blake on the team, I don't blame you. I just, you know, yeah, it's like things like that where like, you know, who knew how many Welch's fruit snacks is you would need <laughs> <laughs> to keep a stream going all day it's like i need microphones headsets you know i need all this shit but oh crap i need like 18 liters of water and like 2,000 fruit snacks because <laughs> like you know yeah. we get hungry <laughs> yeah i'm trying to work on that sponsorship right now they have not returned my email <laughs> yeah well just reach out just Who's keep that? keep keeping track of every time you mention them though they owe you for back <laughs> yeah we're getting yeah. back pay from them for sure so. <laughs> totally but yeah, I think going back to that, it's like every every time we have an event, like as I wake up in the morning and drive over to the venue, I always think about this where the people who are showing up today worked for the money that they're giving us. They're spending their entire day trying to compete and you know go there and just basically spend all these resources that they didn't need to, right? Time, energy, money. And like, I feel like from an event runner, I want to respect like all the all the things that they're inputting and trying to give back more. And when you run an event, it's 
it's easy to kind of forget that because it's just like numbers and emails and they just kind of come in. But I try to always force that perspective onto myself because it is like it's important to people to compete and have fun and do all that stuff. And I want to respect that. And I think that's the biggest thing is like respecting the player coming in through the door. Cause I think a lot of people just forget that part of it. Cause that as you keep running more and more events, you just lose that perspective and it's just like, all right, here's the money coming in from the door. And then here's the pricing going out. Here's everything in between. And then mm-hmm. you move on to the next thing. And so just thinking about that and, you know, treating it like an event and, treating people respectfully is just, I think how I always try to frame it walking in through a door for the first time too. You're so nice, Justin. (laughs) In the back, I'm actually, I have a tall sack of money and I just pull the, you know, dollar sign over with the dollar (laughs) sign on it and run out. And then (laughs) I just have good branding, you know, (laughs) Making upwards of hundreds of dollars here. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Welch has sponsored us a long time ago. I just haven't told you. <laughs> <laughs> That's where those headsets came from. I yeah, get it now. I'm hiding that Welch's money. <laughs> um, I had I had something I wanted to ask you about tournaments because Outsiders is coming out soon Mm -hmm. i was wondering if you had any interest or in the future any plans for hosting uh limited tournaments i know once they get to a certain size draft becomes harder but um Mm -hmm. have you thought about any kind of limited format tournaments at all yeah um we've been thinking about a bunch of different formats actually because we've heard from a lot of players of interest in doing different types of events um i think team blitz it's actually a team event is what we've heard the most. Yeah. And a team like also location battle of just like our areas will bring teams and then compete was something oh, that nice. had a high interest. Nice. And bragging rights and all that stuff. Um, I think with limited, it's it's a little tougher because you need just more manpower on the ground to run it and yeah. make sure it runs smoothly. And it's something And a that, bunch of product too. And a bunch of product. And I think... The tough part is I've never really done a limited event. And that's the thing I'm looking to do in the future. But we need to practice first and kind of get it right on smaller scales and then ramp it up. Because there's nothing worse than a badly run draft event because it gets complicated and messy really quickly. And I want to make sure when we do it, we're going to do it right. And so I think maintaining the integrity of the tournament is the the first process or you know thought going into every event. And it's something I really, really want to run because I think that's the second half of the game that you really have to be good at Mm -hmm. and show how, you know, it's easy to focus on just one side of the game, but to be a well-rounded player, you need to do both. And I think that's really important. I want to try and figure out a way to make that happen for the tournament circuit. So maybe not this year, but going forward, it's definitely something I'm interested in because I think it's just fun to watch Mm -hmm. because you get to really see people flex and also some people maybe not do so well. And use that as incentive to get better as a player. And so I think I'm trying my hardest to find a way to get a limited um, event going this year. And it's just getting the product and getting the staff trained and ready to go. The judges, you know, know what we're all doing. And then scaring the players. You know, I'm just going to say limited event. It's actually limited today instead of CC. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) To let you and Blake and... Colin have to have a sleepover and 
open every pack and replace the dragons with tokens for nine hours the day before <laughs> and then you're good to go limited event dud <laughs> oh yeah we get with that like a, the age stamp like lss stamps the cards yeah. right little say, notes on them i just want to be the guy that goes you know five seconds to draft like three yeah. cards three two one draft yeah <laughs> it's like I'd never heard that until we were at Worlds, and it was like, that's so intense, like, it's so structured. It, <laughs> like, it makes sense. You're like, I remember opening that pack. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> luck. Bad <laughs> you yeah, better like force. Also, by the way. <laughs> yeah, force Riptide and pray. <laughs> uh, speaking of outsiders, Justin, what are your thoughts about the upcoming set and kind of the this period we're in you know we're in this this interesting era of flesh and blood in the like the dynasty era ban ban city plus outsiders coming out so it's a two-prong question here just like riptide's attack pattern is he comes at you with traps and he comes at you with a, a spear or a bow or something um <laughs> but uh so how do you think the game is doing right now and mm-hmm. what are your hopes and dreams for outsiders so as a drill my main it's been great i've been loving it um <laughs> just throw more rangers in there more assassins you know <laughs> i'm here to ruin some days um every time i play call at the armory and That's it's so like I, i've been bringing a your deck, Isaac. And every time I sit next to Colin, he's like, God, every time. And I'm like, Isaac sends his regards right now. <laughs> and then I tumble time on turn one. And then we just go and talk about it after. <laughs> um, awesome. But I think. Glad to hear it. Yeah. I'm channeling you every week uh, through Jeremiah. <laughs> but I, I think it's an interesting spot where we're in this like half meta where it's about to change. And so. People are trying to figure out the decks that they want to bring to weeklies and then tune them and kind of work around and then just keep their eye on the horizon. So I think these are my favorite formats because you really get to see what people are made of and how competitive they really get in a tournament that or in a format that is going to change eventually. And that's why I'm excited about the February Open is that I think a lot of players are going to experiment um, and try different decks and you know, see where they land in the meta and then just kind of take it easy maybe for February. And then as we move into Outsiders, I'm really excited for the open in March because we're going to happen a week right after release. And so we're not giving players that much time and we might be the first event to kind of happen that week. And so I think with Outsiders, the thing I'm excited about is they're trying to make a concerted effort to fix draft. And -hmm. not fix and like it was broken, but just try and like make it way more interesting with the split cards and then the the adding more heroes into the pool for the young side I think is really interesting. And that's why I want to really try and get a limited event in because I think Outsider is going to be really fascinating to watch as a draft format because it I feel like we'll reward players for drafting better and being more prepared and knowing more of the cards and you know putting in and dedicating time to it. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Sweet. Yeah, these uh, these in between times are really nice because there's room. You see players get creative, and there's room to be creative um, rather than a solved format. And uh, 
while they're all are stronger decks right now it does feel like there is room to be creative and with a new set coming out it'll it'll get more more interesting rather than more salt pretty soon here so that is very very exciting yeah and i'm going to start encouraging uh, players to become ranger players so they could just feed my <laughs> dromai every once in a while just to help that go so i'll be the bad guy you know outside of that but... totally <laughs> you can't be the bad guy if you're running the stream justin <laughs> is that a challenge <laughs> that's all i heard totally the camera yeah, will shift and colin will be like is that justin playing at table yeah. three <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Dromai versus Ranger on stream, and then he just yeah. disappears, and you're like, oh, no. <clears throat> That's why he gave us this stream deck. Uh, yeah, Blake will wake up, and he's playing a Ranger deck in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. I would love to commentate that match. I, I think that might be the only reason he doesn't play Ranger, because he knows I'm out to get him, and I'll not be nice about it when I beat him, specifically Blake. So... <laughs> Blake's been playing Royal Viz, and every week I play Blake and Justin. Even though we've got like 18 people <laughs> at our armory, I play them every single week. And I'm just like, I just want to play Kano and like do stupid wizard stuff. And then I just get like housed so hard, but <laughs> it's still good. So, time. Justin, I, I know you touched on this a little bit, but um, maybe you could go into some more specifics. Kind of where do you think uh the AGE open is is going in the next couple of years. Um you know, like when you come into Humboldt County to to run an event, you know? Uh that's, that's I've actually all been the out scouting locations, so I'm glad you haven't seen me yet. <laughs> yeah, best be place loss, but it'll be fun. my house. <laughs> <laughs> we could set up a tent. It'll be as good yeah. as some other events. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Maybe some of the biggest ones in the world. <laughs> I would never. Um, <laughs> um, I think for AGE, it's the the tough part right now. And what I'm trying to, to get done is to expand, but also be mindful of how we're doing things on a day-to-day basis and on an event-by-event basis. Because it's easy to put things on autopilot and just start looking forward. And so I think after getting through the players championship this year, the focus is to bring this to other areas and the surrounding areas and find a way to start feeding those tournaments into each other. So whether it's like regionals or invitationals and having more weekly events at a store level where it's, you know, maybe not a big one K, but it's like, okay, we have a weekend tournament at this store and this store and this store, you can figure out where you want to go. And they all feed into like the players championship and invitationals. And I think, avoiding the temptation to just say yes and do that right away because it's it can get out of control and then you just lose track of a bunch of stuff and making sure the player experience first is going to be good wherever we you know bring it out to in different stores and making sure we have this brand of when you go to an AGE event it's going to be a good event you know it's going to be run well even if it's not you know me personally running it I would want to make sure the quality is always going to be super high and enjoyable for everyone participating. So I think looking forward to next year, it's how do we replicate what we're doing right now and then bring that to other places. Setting up franchises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think another thing I like about 
Well, I'm biased because I think Colin's very charming, but um, I like watching your events because you also have the caster personality in addition to the player personality um, Mm -hmm. for your, you know, local caster scene really, um, you know, adds that flavor and their knowledge of the local scene and the local players really like kind of brings it full circle and um, is another reason, you know, it's just nice to tune in because it's like, Oh, what are Blake and Colin up to? You know, what, what do they think about the meta or, you know, like mm-hmm. what, what player on stream are they going to like have a dig at or whatever, you know, and it just makes it, <laughs> it makes it really enjoyable and having a, you know, a variety of personalities um, for different regions in the, you know, the caster sphere is, is nice also. So. Um, yeah. And I, I really appreciate Colin, Blake, Sam, and then all the commentators we have come through because that's part of what makes an event enjoyable to watch is the commentators. And I think they do such a good job because they've just been doing it for a while now and they get to know each other and tendencies and kind of feel comfortable in the booth. Cause I think one of the things we found early on when we had people come to the booth is to sound like a caster should. Mm-hmm. And that's the, kind of like the mentality going in of just like, this is how a caster should sound. And, you know, is that why we're, this... we haven't done an event in a while, Justin, because yeah, me and Isaac don't an sound email, like casters. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an email that I was going to send and, you know, it's, it's awkward, but we can, we'll just do it live out. instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why you're not commentating anymore is, <laughs> But, there can only be one guy with a mustache and glasses. I'm on, on the mustache war. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Colin's contract. No He's other the mustache, mustache highlander now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think of just like feeling comfortable in the booth and then enjoying yourself in there and talking to the players and feeling a freedom to kind of just move about the cabin, so to speak, and just enjoy the time behind the, the booth. And for me, as the producer of it, it's like respecting the person in the booth and making sure they're comfortable and they have, you know, they know what's going on. They have uh, control of the broadcast. And I, I think like that two way relationship is important. Um, Cause even when you guys came down to the battle hard, the one thing I wanted to always make sure was you had control of the, the stream and broadcast where you control the player views and see people and bring up different segments and have the freedom. And I think that means a lot to our casters and makes it more enjoyable because it kind of breaks down the wall of like how they control the stream and how they enjoy themselves themselves on stream. Mm-hmm. And so in that long rambling thing, I just, I just really enjoy commentators who just have fun in the booth, but also take it very seriously because they come prepared every time, which is just amazing too. Of like, here's the meta and here's what we're expecting. Here's some players we've been talking to. Here's what we expect from today. They walk the floor in between rounds and see like, okay, I want to check this player out and I want to go and see what they're doing. And part of being a commentator and caster is also knowing the players you're commentating over Mm -hmm. and wanting to know more about these players and really focusing on it. So you can tell stories on stream about what you know about this player which is how Craig became the Scourge of Pasadena because we all know Craig, but he just comes in and just kills people on stream (laughs) and just does it with a smile on his face, shakes your hand and goes. And then, you know, when he wears pants, it's actually serious. Yeah. (laughs) We know that. (laughs) One, uh, one thing I really like is like Colin's like, 
I think I think Chris is pooping in his pants right now and you switch to the the face camera, you know, but I think it would be better if if you're the player at the table and that happens, if somehow that camera would like physically rotate and zoom in so you would know the casters are doing that to you. That should be a, an upgrade. I think that would be hilarious because you're already having a hard time, you know, and then the camera just rotates around and zooms in on your face. Yeah, like a crane comes down and there's someone sitting at the camera and they just start zooming in on your face. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I know they're talking about me right now. <laughs> we, I mean, we might finally be back in a, da- a dash heavy enough meta that we'll be able to yell boost every single time they go for it. Because we, yeah, we've only was... had like one dash on on stream and they boosted once and then it was just sad after that. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, we were all excited. We had like a boost counter ready to go on stream and then there was a boost and it was the saddest (laughs) boost I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) And then just proceeded to get the face punched in and then never boosted again in the entire game. And we slowly took down the graphic for boost from the stream. (laughs) Just like nudged it one pixel down at a time until it off screen. Yeah, never brought it back again. Really, really sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny. I... I'll say it here just because it's, I never really thought about casting until Justin was like, yeah, we're going to do this event. And, and, you know, I wanted you to, you know, commentate on it. And I was just like, what? (laughs) And I was was like, I don't know. And he's like, I was like, who else would be doing it? He's like, Blake. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Just because like, and I didn't even know Blake that well at the time, but I just knew based on like his personality in mind that like whatever we did we were gonna have a good time and i think almost in anything you do like that if you're having fun the people who are experiencing it with you are also gonna have fun um which you know cannot doesn't always work i think there's situations where it is less successful but um and it's hard i I just yeah i just think like it's it's been a huge like thing for me and you know, like I, you know, we, we volunteer our time to do this and I just enjoy all of it. And every, every time we go and do it, I'm like, it's like every, we, we keep adding people and I'm always like, yeah, it's really nice to have help. And I'm also like, but I want to be on stream. And it's just like me and Blake being stupid for like eight hours, but <laughs> uh, it is, it's really helpful. And I'm really stoked with like the people who are joining us because Sam is great guy and we're also getting uh uber into the scene so um i'm really excited to be able to share that space with them and also just kind of uh welcome everyone who's watching you know to our local scene which is like a fairly intense scene and i'm also grateful that i don't have to play against all these guys and all these (laughs) events because it's it's saddening sometimes because they're so good um but it's it's really exciting and i think it's we even got people coming in from out of state for this next one. So like, oh, the, sweet. you know, the region is opening up beyond just SoCal. Um, and I think it's going to continue to do so because it's, it's a good event and just having it regularly, I think means a lot to people. It's like, I can plan for this. It's not some surprise thing that mm-hmm. I have to like figure out a bunch of crazy, uh, you know, logistical things to get to i can just show up and and know it's gonna go off well totally and you know james white loves like 
like pageantry, you know, or however you want to put it. So I, uh, I hope LSS really appreciates, you know, the effort and the quality you guys are putting into these events and, um, you know, sponsors a SoCal calling someday on the horizon here. That's the hope. Let's do it. I will, I will not drop the F bomb. If that's the problem, just tell me if that's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to plug barraging Blake from the last one. (laughs) It's one of the favorite, my favorite things we've ever recorded because you can find out how much Blake hates Arizona Mexican food and speakeasies. (laughs) While also ranting about belittle like a crazy person. <laughs> so that's just peak content, if you ask me. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Colin egging him on, <laughs> knowing what's going to happen. That's yeah, that yeah. experience. You know, all the buttons. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like can, an old married couple. Yeah. <laughs> I know his triggers. So I'm just like poking them. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh yeah, what about this thing? <laughs> Boom, five more minutes of content. <laughs> I just sit there and laugh. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about the existence of illusionist? <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. The thing is, is everybody That's my Blake impression. It's if I close my eyes, I would thought I was here. So <laughs> Yeah. The only thing we really need uh in our casting booth is more space so Blake can get up and dance more because he's a very physical person. And uh, I think it would add a whole new dimension to our, our streams. Yeah, like it's a standing desk and Colin, you get a stool, but Blake just stands there. <laughs> Throw cardboard down and people are clapping around. <laughs> I'll dance too. If, they, if I could stand up, we just don't have enough space to stand up right now. <laughs> We're going to change that door. <laughs> I know. I know. We're working on it. Upgrades are coming. Sick. I can't wait. Nice. Any, any other questions? Um, no, I, we got a signature segment coming up here, but I think I worked through all my questions for this current interview. I am curious. No. All right. I'll just ask another one. Justin, are you, interested in any upcoming heroes or are you pretty happy with where you're at and going to kind of coast through till the next set? Um, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. I just really like the classes I like to play are illusionist and wizard. Mm-hmm. And so I have uh, a lot of time to still mess around and like your draw my list is something I'm still working on. I enjoy it the most. It's been really fun, you know, sitting down across from Rangers and, random guardians and you know i feel like that's my role in socal is to to make people mad that they can't play against me in an open i just run it and i just watch them and i <laughs> it's very much like a gladiator thing you know shaky thumbs kind of kind of vibes going on but i think <laughs> um i think going forward it's like i i do want to try the draft and all the different heroes but i'm interested to see you know I think it's a little bit of a meme at this point, but just Riptide and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And what he's going to do with all the traps? Um, what does that mean, Riptide? Is, it's just going to be, you get to play four traps and they're all still bad. <laughs> I mean, tra- traps are awesome. They were just four Azalea and you would draw two in a hand and then you would die, you know? But just ranger like, things, you know, like a for effort LSS, just like, you know, D for execution. So 
yeah it's like hopefully they're getting incorporated back around you know i mean it's like you play your trap and then you get it to go and work and it's like pay two or take two damage and you're like i'm gonna let take two by the way i'm presenting 10 to you right now (laughs) 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 you're like but pitfall trap (laughs) oh i'm also dead (laughs) do you guys also think that this is maybe the set that pushes Azalea into playable territory, like for the masses, not just for like the person who's been playing Azalea for 400 years and has 12,000 games on Azalea and can like top A to PQ. No, I'm hoping so. No. (laughs) Wow. Damn. Well, as I've not even hopeful, I love Azalea. Right. I love playing Azalea. It's so much fun. But <clears throat> through like, what was it? Everfest. And um, what was the last set that came out? Dynasty. Dynasty. Yeah. Like all of the new tools and cards Azalea got did not change her mechanics or how the hero works. Right. So it's like dominate for eight, cripple your opponent. They leak like three to five damage. But then on your off turns where you can't cripple them, your opponent does 28 damage. (laughs) And it just like, because of the inflexibility in what your character does, like the turn cycles you win are only like presenting 11 or presenting eight dominate or maybe presenting 11 dominate, you know, but it's just like the damage you leak through is not enough. Like when you win a turn cycle, it's not like you just like get massively ahead. You have to win like every turn cycle. So just for me, like the, yeah, just the mechanics there are like lacking or the inflexibility, but there's like nothing more satisfying than the Azalea Skullbone Crosswrap, like death dealer cycle and flow of cards. And so it's so much fun. It's just like two, like one thing, unfortunately. I still can't wait though. I can't wait to do that with a net that I used in my previous life to catch fish. And now I'm catching <laughs> phi or something. You're you know? stabbing those fish in the net. I love it. Can you yeah. imagine a little phi in a net and you're sticking your harpoon in there, getting them with the, with the trident or whatever? Yeah, totally. That's going to be satisfying. <laughs> I don't know why Isaac, you describing Azalea right there made me think of those like ice machines where it's like a big lever and then like a huge like shoot and people keep thinking they have like a bunch of ice they have to catch and there's all this noise and it's like all this buildup and then just a whole bag of ice slides down a slide next to it. And it's just like, there's like all this stuff going on. And then, then this other thing just happens over here. I mean, I played against an Azalea once where it's like they, it felt like they touched like 14 cards in a turn and then at the end of it, it was like, I'm going to hit you for eight dominate. No one hit a fence. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, I feel I feel bad for being negative because I just love the character and the design of it. It just doesn't mesh with the rest of the game, right? Like they made like fucking chain, you know, in the same game as they made Azalea. Anyway, sorry. That's the end of my rant. Best deck ever, chain. Yeah, super broken. All three Azalea players in the world turned off the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Oscar. (laughs) I'll be the first one to jump back if she, uh, you know, gets like now I play at actual events. So I have to 
not just lose every game. Because aliens again are in shambles right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a good player, so I can't play Zalian. <laughs> <laughs> it gets old traveling and making effort and then losing every game, you know? No way. Isaac probably has one of the greatest accomplishments ever where during the unbanned chain meta, he top eights a road to Nats with Azalea. Thank you. In Portland. Yeah. Like, let's remember that. Oh, yeah. Weak meta, Portland. Right. <laughs> no, Asterix. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I meant. Shots fired. No, he travels like eight hours and then like chains running around with freaking seeds of no agony. Shirt on. Yeah. No shirt on, nipples pierced, tattoos everywhere, hair flowing, aether abound, and 12 uh, cards in hand. Yeah, Isaac's like, and then I'll shoot this arrow at you. Blammo, <laughs> top eight. I mean, as much as I make fun of Vizela, I wish I just had that kind of confidence to like get ready to leave for an event. You have three deck boxes in front of you. It's like Oldham, Icelander, Azela, and they pick up Azela and put their backpack and drive to the event. I just wish I had that kind of confidence <laughs> myself. And drive to the event. <laughs> Totally. Shout out to uh, an Azalea top 32, the calling of like 500 players in Indy. So it's like seeing a unicorn. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the white whale. And it sucks too, because that player is probably super good at that deck. And then that the some of the talk around that is like, well, how many people actually know what Azalea does? <laughs> you know what I mean? And how many free wins do you get from that? And it's like, you know, not you know, that should not be the talk to discount someone's accomplishment. I'm not saying that's what people are saying, but people do say that, but like they can read the cards. They should, if they're good at the game, they should be able to figure out pretty quickly what she does. So, you know, you you can't, you can't, you know, live off of uh, that excuse too long, but it is true. Sometimes you're just like, wait, what? I mean, I'll be honest, I don't really know what Azalea does. I play Dromai, so I just play dragons, and then they just, I just take it and just say, no blocks for the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have and any Nothing's bad happened since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only need one action point, and it's going to be for a huge dragon to eat you. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, let's get into. A board game from the closet. Isaac, take it away. Here at the Attack Action Podcast, we like to play many games, not just flesh and blood. We like card games and board games, all sorts of games. And sometimes we like to share one with you. This might not be our favorite game or the best game in the world, but it is one that we enjoy very much and we hope you will too. Today's board game from the closet is Justin's board game. Yeah, so I think I'm maybe straddling the line of board game, card game, but... The one that I've been obsessed about was uh, Arkham Horror, the living card game. Yeah, I've been playing it a ton. And it's even better, again, playing it with Blake. <laughs> it's the most unforgiving game possible. And then Blake is the most tilted person ever. <laughs> and so it's a combination that I just kind of enjoy the most. And I just sit there and watch as bad things unfold every single turn and how he takes it, which is spoiler, not very great. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just love the Arkham horror because I just got into it. So I just started the first set. 
uh, got the corset. Now I'm on Dunwich. And I just love oh, how sweet. it's you get to build up the board and discover kind of what's going to happen the first time you play through it. Because you really don't know what's, you know, at the next location or the next place you're going to move to or what carries over, what decisions matter, what don't matter. And I think just exploring that and just having a game also be really, really difficult is really rewarding to me because it's it's like a puzzle you're trying to solve and it's like a Rubik's Cube that's fighting back against you as you're trying to solve it. <laughs> it's like the, the way I think about it. But I think it has a little bit of the deck building aspect. You pick your classes, you know, you, you get... it's It feels to me like a and d session almost where you don't have to put in all that upfront work to have a DM kind of work walk you through the, the scenario. And so that's the one I've been obsessed with lately and buying all the sets that I know I'm not going to get to for like months and months and buying all the fancy tokens and everything. So I think that's the one that is just what I've been obsessed with lately. So good. Yeah. I really enjoyed, uh, Dunwich. It had as a, some really good set pieces or scenarios that are really, really thematic. And you're like, wow, it's cool. This game does this. My next favorite one I think I played was Path to Carcosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one just had like an incredible story and pacing and was creepy as fuck. And <laughs> it was just really good. That one was really, really good. That one I really enjoyed. Me and Isaac currently have like, we keep trying to like play Arkham Horror. And then all of a sudden one of us gets too busy or, we're playing too much fab and we're trying to get through the whatever the witch one is circle undone i think is mm-hmm. is the name of it oh we're yeah. gonna do it we're gonna thank you good get through it this yeah we are spring or summer or something <laughs> hell yeah yeah i really like i like all those parts of the game and also you really like whatever character you're playing and deck you're playing feels really like unique you know, it's really enjoyable because yeah. you're actually very much playing the character. It's not just like a flavor. It's like it changes the game quite a lot, um, depending on who you are. One time we played with Mitch, though, and he grabbed the tentacle maybe like maybe half the time. And he doesn't like the game. He's like, he won't play it anymore. It ruined <laughs> yeah. it for him. It's like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. This game sucks. So that that was unfortunate. But pulling things out of a it. bag. Pulling things out of a bag is like the worst. It's just for whatever reason, you always grab the same one over and over again. <laughs> like, yeah, the the one that we make fun of the most with Blake is we did the casino scene from the first one in Dunwich. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can cheat if you want to in this scenario. And he's like, what's the worst that can happen? And he cheated <laughs> multiple times in the casino. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like, put this thing in your bag for the rest of the encounter. And every time we draw it, we look at Blake and get mad at him. (laughs) (laughs) So that's priceless to me, you know, that amount of entertainment for such a small box. That's a a sign of a good game when you're like, what's the worst that could happen? This will be fine, you know. In in this game, literally, the worst thing you can think of is is the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing is designed to be like, you know, you think you see the hill you're trying to climb, and then it's just like 
the clouds move and they're just like twice the size and monsters and you're just like oh my god <laughs> yeah totally and you lost a whole arm on your way yeah. once the fog cleared yeah yeah and you have like a new psychosis that just keeps haunting you every single time you're just like oh my god and that's this technically thing. succeeding in the game <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's technically winning <laughs> yeah you did what you were supposed to do <laughs> Oh, well, one of my game. favorites is the uh, the train one. Um, <laughs> That's in Dunwich, yeah. Yeah, I forget what the scenario is called, but like, because you have like the locations, but these were like train car. The location became like train cars, and I was just like, this is such a cool system that you have the flexibility to yeah. kind of set it up. Because normally it's like you're like we're like in a small town or something, so you're going to different areas in the town. But then all of a sudden it was like a very narrow, uh, you know location of being on this train and then like you're moving through the train cars and it was like it's like this is pretty sweet i'm i haven't played that game in a while but i i did enjoy it when i did play it i remember that one very specifically because it was a wake-up call <laughs> yeah that one's Cause, intense because <laughs> uh, the first bad thing happens not the spoiling thing and you're like it's not gonna keep happening right oh <laughs> it kept happening <laughs> Yeah, that game is like, we can that, take our time yeah. here, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> no. no, every time you have that thought in that game, <laughs> oh, we have a window, we should do extra things, we have time, you never actually have time, because I've thought <laughs> that multiple times. <laughs> you know, oh, whoops, I I died. <laughs> and that's just called hubris of man, it's just every time you think you have time. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, yep. we're good here, we're good. Thank you. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks, Justin, so much for coming on. Uh, it was great to see you again and talk to you. Uh, you know, the AGE Open is freaking amazing, and I can't wait for it to grow and be the household name everybody knows it's going to be, uh, especially here on the West Coast. It's going to be incredible. So just appreciate your time and all of your efforts. Thank you so much. Uh, plug all of the stuff the socials the the whatever whatever you want to talk about yeah, now here's now. yeah this is your moment yeah you can sign up for an age event at age.events and buy the tickets and see the upcoming schedule you can follow us at arcane events underscore or if you go to twitter.age.events it'll link you right to our twitter you can check out our youtube at arcane games and events at uh on YouTube as well for our next tournament. So if you have any questions or anything, reach out to us on Twitter. We are always on there to the detriment of the <laughs> productivity. <laughs> nice. Questions about anything. Mm -hmm. Just go ahead. Yeah. Except Actually, if you play Azalea, then we don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> you don't want to talk with you. <laughs> Justin, one of my bucket lists things for fab is to play in one of your events because it always looks like so much fun you know they're so, not that much fun so one day <laughs> i'll be there i'm looking forward to having you getting get you pummeled by craig <laughs> <laughs> that's just the ag experience <laughs> it's a rite of passage yeah you know, if it, you haven't it, been hit by craig with, with a pummel then you haven't lived yet so. <laughs> it's true welcome to socal <laughs> pummel <laughs> well sweet thanks everybody for listening we'll catch you on the next episode and have a great rest of your day goodbye
Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the Attack Action Podcast. On Twitter, we are at BattleBroTaylor and at BattleBroIsaac. Shoot us an email, theattackactionpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.